Welcome to the Misdirected Mark Shorts. Today we're going to talk about how do you pick new games or systems for your next campaign. This came from uh, Christopher Christopher G from our Slack channel. He actually mm -hmm. asked this question earlier today, so we started talking about it. I pinged Phil, Jerry jumped in, a bunch of people had a bunch of opinions. It was kind of fun to, to see mm -hmm. all the opinions. So Phil, uh, what about, what, what do you think, what are some of the methodologies that you've come up with over the course of time for getting your next game, campaign, whatever, to the, to the table? I mean, when we get down to it, right, the goal that you're trying to achieve is something that everybody wants to play, and it's something that the GM wants to run. How you get there, there are a couple different ways that you can get there, but that's ultimately what you have to get to, right? You have to get to a point where, at an enthusiastic level, a GM wants to run this game, the players want to play this game. If you don't achieve that in one way or the other, the game's going to struggle. It's not impossible, right? Because people could turn once the game gets going. But yeah. if the GM's not thrilled about it, about the game that's you know being played, it's going to be an uphill struggle to get the GM to get it off the ground. And mm -hmm. if the players aren't thrilled about the game, they're not going to necessarily engage with it um, at the same emotional level, right? Yeah. When we hit that sweet spot of every everybody being excited is when we have the best chance of successfully getting a campaign off the ground. Okay, so we have our, our basis, like we yeah. want everybody excited. Yeah, it's yeah. a matter of inertia. Sure, yeah. throw all this out, though, if you're playing a one-shot, because who cares? That's yeah. fair. Yeah, totally Because, fair. I mean, the one-shot, all we're asking is everybody to show up and play the game, so play the suck game. it up. Mm -hmm. Suck it up, you're only playing for a night. Take all the suck hooks. Up, buttercup. Take all but, the hooks. But if you're, playing for, if you're shooting for a campaign where you need to turn this game out for a long period of time, we are talking about, and we've talked about it in many episodes mm -hmm. in the past, about this energy model of, you know, being excited. And when the game hasn't been played yet, you need to be intrinsically excited. Mm -hmm. Pitch okay. it hard. You've got to have something that you want to do in the game. So really what all this boils down to is we talked about what the end goal is. The question is, is where does the list of games come from? Sure. Right? So it either comes from the GM or it comes from the players, one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So there are a bunch of different ways you can do this. We've right? done this. Mm -hmm. I've done every one of these. Um, I've done everything from coming in with a handful of games. Sorry about the hammering, everybody. That's just the way it's going to be. There's new siding you put in. There we go. Um, house misdirected is getting a facelift, yeah. but I've come in with a handful of games and been like, Hey, here's three games, uh, pick which one you like. Uh, I've done the opposite where you bring ideas for a handful of games that you want to play mm -hmm. to the game. And we made a giant ass list and then just went through the process of elimination just of like ticking them off. This hey, one's gone. This one's gone. Yeah. Like, all right, up here on the board is 15 games. Is there any game on this board? No one, like that someone yeah. here will not play. And yeah. you will be yeah. surprised sometimes at what is the final result from that process. Yeah. Because that's how we ended up with NBA again. That's how we wound up with NBA. That's <laughs> how we went. That's how we finished Dungeon World. Dungeon World. Yep. yep. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Because we all put our choices up on the board and every one of us had put Dungeon World. Mm -hmm. it wasn't our first choice. It was like everybody's like second, third, or fourth choice, <clears throat> but it was everybody's choice. And at one point we were like, maybe we should just play Dungeon World. Yep. <laughs> so I've done it that way, right? So I've done the, everybody brings one. I've brought some. I think, Chris, you actually just build the game and invite players. I mean, yeah, that's my, yeah. Uh, I do not have the, what, what people would consider a game group, right. right? I know a bunch of gamers and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to run X. Who do I want to invite to this thing? And then I start inviting people. Mm -hmm. hmm? Although I did have a game group for a while. Like, we used to play on Wednesday nights. That was Bob and Jerry eventually <coughs> joined that group. I think Bob was there the entire time. We played a, the Wednesday night group? Yeah, that every other Wednesday. I don't think I was there right at the beginning. No, I, I think, think I came in on the second game. Oh, you were there that was there the no, entire it was, time? It was, it was, it was me, uh, Mark Napick, um, Cindy, and... No, that's um, the Friday night game. The Wednesday group. The, uh, the online Wednesday Gator group that played... Gator and Drew Smith. Oh, that yeah. played Scum and Villainy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was. I think we were. I think both of us were in that one for when it started. Yeah, myth possible. I thought, I thought yeah. you guys were doing something before I. We got were playing Dungeon World before that. There and D and D even yeah, before yeah. that. Yeah. So Chris's approach works fine when you have a specific game you want to play and you mm-hmm. have a pool of players that you can pull from. I always have a specific game and campaign that I want to run. Yeah, which is why I always build my groups that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, on the other hand, am basically looking to keep two game groups running. Otherwise, they would just disband. Mm-hmm. Like, if we didn't have a Sunday game after Night's Black Agents... Yeah, I don't... what would happen to that, to that particular right. table? Yeah. which is okay. Like, I like GMing, so it's not a problem for me, but also I'm open to ideas, right? I had never thought I was going to uh, do another run of Night's Black Agents uh, until it came up in that session mm-hmm. where we sat and chose, and then it turned out to be really good. Yeah. So the thing is, you can dedicate a session to doing this. So you can sit down after your one campaign's ended, before your next campaign starts, and sit down and go through this whole process. You can do this process online. Like, you can do this asynchronously in a um, Google Doc, in a chat room, whatever. You can just, like, hey, everybody, post, like, three or four games you'd be interested in. Okay, here's the full list. Everybody vote. Kind of, like, there's a whole bunch of ways to do it. I don't think any one is better than another. I think for I think it's going to... It's going to have a lot to do with your group. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's another thing is going to be how your group works. The OP today on the question knew what kind of game they wanted to run. They just weren't sure what system to run. And that's the next, that, that's kind of the next step. Which not is, only that, but their players viewed a bunch of the systems that were suggested. Yeah. And so I think that that's where you sometimes have to come together and say, the next step is not just what game do we want to run, what kind of game do we want to run. Come together with the people and talk about, like, what are you looking for in your next game? Do you want action, romance, uh, lots of drama. Do you want lots of crunchy system? Do you want an abstract system? And that's the time when you might want to start tossing uh, ideas on the table. <laughs> you know, Google Docs, whiteboard. Uh, I like the idea of just writing everything down. But whenever somebody makes a suggestion, write it down and put it in front of everybody. Because sometimes what you'll find out is that one person's idea and somebody else's idea work well together. And that may give them an idea of what kind of game they want to run. It might give you an idea of what kind of game to run to keep everybody excited. You know, if, if they're all deciding that they want to play uh, a fantasy game, there's a big difference between playing a high fantasy game like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and playing a, a lower fantasy game like a Conan kind of thing. And if everybody wants to play pulpy Conan, that might lead you in a different direction. Um, then you don't play D&D, at least not 5th edition. Right. Yep. And you can do things back and forth that way until you come to something that everybody's happy with. Oftentimes, this will give you ideas that are out of the box. People say, well, what about this game system? What games that people hadn't thought of? Because you'll get a lot of table sourcing going on. That's good if you don't have any idea what you want to do. If you're a GM that comes to the table, like, I want to run these three games then that gives you a start. Because I've had game players come to me and say, I want to play this game. And I'm like, great, I'm not going to run that game. I, I couldn't, I would have trouble running that game or I wouldn't enjoy running that game. I'll play in it, but I won't run it. Somebody else might want to take over as GM for a little while. And that helps too sometimes. Give somebody a breath of fresh air. The other approach you can take is actually not even to discuss games for a while. You can discuss the type of experience you want to have. Yeah, that's, that's what I was getting from Jerry when he was talking about it. Like, I'm like, that would be the idea. That's like, what I'm talking about. What are you looking for, right? Yeah. Like, do you want to play a game with a lot of character interaction? Do you want to play games with heists? Do mm-hmm. you want to... Because based on that, you can then, provided you have a repertoire of knowledge of a bunch of games, you can start to hone down what games might be decent choices. Yeah. Or if you have a game that has a bunch of modular parts, then you can start building it out yep. from yeah. those parts. Yep. And that might be the other side. You might have somebody say, I want to play this game. I want to play a PBTA game. Well, that's a huge... That doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but... <laughs> If that's the kind of game they want to play, that tells you, okay, well, now what kind of genre do you want to play? You're actually closer if you say fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But no, what I'm saying is if, if somebody, yeah. if, if that's the kind of game that, like, we just finished playing, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, or we just finished playing Hero System. I want to play something that's that's less crunchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go, you know, 
And then you need to talk about what genre you want or whatever. Oh, I want to aside now. I want to aside now. Yeah. What is the play style of PBTA games? There's got to be a thing for it, right? PBTA games are, are very much fiction forward games, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're always yep. triggered by the fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I guess that is a play style. Like I want to play a PBTA game means I want to play a game where I get to narrate to trigger my moves. I mm-hmm. would also say that PBTA games, the good ones, mm-hmm. are highly genre specific. Sure. Yeah. Right. It, it's not just fiction forward. It's Fiction forward and really committing to a genre. Yes. Now, yes. what genre you could, you know, you can run across, you know, the whole list of PBTA games to pick a genre. But mm-hmm. I think one of the th- hallmark signs of playing a PBTA game is that uh, we're very much going to play a particular type of genre in this game. Because yeah, they're very focused experiences. Yes. yes. Because of that. So exactly. they're fiction forward focused experiences. Yeah. Monster of the Week and Monster Hearts are two very different the, like, games about monsters. Night and day, even though they have the same, I don't want to say same rule system, they have the same approach to rules. Yeah, and yeah I could not have the same experience in Monster Arts that I have in Monster in the Week. Monster Absolutely. The week. Yes. And vice versa, right? Yes. Yep. yep. It, and, and, very and, different. It also tells you somebody wants to play a PBTA game is also looking for something that doesn't have a straight binary pass-fail system. They want to have something where the mechanics of the game, once again, play into the narrative, play into the fiction, play into what's going on. Yeah. As, as opposed to a game There are so many games that pass-fail. do that now, though. Yeah. Like the, the real thing is, is I think it's the move system, right? Like the move system of PBTA games, because mm-hmm. it's all about, I have to narrate to trigger X and I don't have to like talk in first person. I just have to come up with some part of a story so that I can trigger X. So the important question is if I'm a GM and you, somebody says, I want to play a PBTA game, those, the differentiation I want to make, mm-hmm. do you want to play a fiction forward game where none of the actions in the game are triggered until you push the narrative forward? Or are you looking for a nine non are you looking for a non-binary pass fail system that has partial successes partial failures that kind of thing because i can steer you in a very different direction for a number of games that meet that criteria without even touching a pbta i can can be like well here's any forged in the dark and i want to play here is how i can um i will be happy to facilitate my D game in a manner that fits that place absolutely i know because i do it all the time sure yeah yeah, so that's so. I mean, those are important questions when you're. So this is a case where you are completely fucking stuck, right? <laughs> like, because if you just if, if everybody yells out a bunch of games and in like two minutes you're all like, yeah, we all said one of these games, let's go play it. Your problem solved, and you're off to you know getting ready for like prep session zero and it's all that. Happy stuff. land time. It's when you grind out and you cannot find mm-hmm. the middle ground is where you really start having to get super creative and you split or you split into multiple game groups i mean there are times when we've just had games where somebody says when you guys are done playing that let me know i'll come back and play yeah i do that all the time i guess tony does that a lot too right yeah, there's, uh, there's a there's tony's a couple only done it once like, oh, okay but there's, he never came back there's a couple <laughs> games that i've that i've played now that if somebody offered to run them again unless it was very particular gms i would say i don't think i want to play that game again you'll let me know when you're done running it Dude, and man, I'll play, play it again the gm is king for me i, I pretty much play most anything that some that, that but only particular people can run yeah. games that i like to play yeah. That's, I guess it's a weird thing for me. Like, if you're not, uh, if you're not an A-lister, for in my opinion, then I probably don't want to play with you. I'm guessing bad that way. And I, I you're mean, playing, you're playing for a reason, and if you're not going to get that experience out of the game, then there's something to that because there are GMs out there who are very by the book. We don't use any house rules. We're gonna do this. There are GMs who are like, I'm going to tailor this game to fit the 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 genre that's going on. And you need to know what kind of GMs you're getting involved with. You're going to be in a long-term campaign, and some players like one, and some players like the other. I I had a player in Syracuse that. Anytime you made a minuscule rule change, even if you made it before the game started, that really bothered them. They were very, very, very much about playing the mechanics exactly as written, which is great for them, but it's not going to work for every GM. I like playing the mechanics as written. So mm-hmm. does, I know Phil likes playing the mechanics. Pretty as much written. as written. 
No, I mean, I'm okay making some changes or some rulings along mm-hmm. the way, but my goal is not to be like, hey, I'm a, I'm going to put my own spin on this thing. Like, very much not that. To, to once again diverge another time, because we can. We're allowed to yes yeah. in these things. I really like using the mechanics of a game as they're presented until the mechanics of the game do not support yeah. the thing that people are trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, then I'll have to I mean. make, start like adjusting based on the mechanics that are presented to make the game fit what's going on. But, but I've had players who don't want the GMs to do that. Well, like, that's, that's that's unfortunate. That's, because, I mean, that's like, the like, play preference. Then like, stop taking actions outside of the rules of the game. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That player isn't going to when other players do it upset that player. Well, I mean, that player's like, well, that's not the way the game is supposed to work. Role playing games are built to be flexible. At least yep. they should be. I think. And to be honest, that other player enjoyed playing that way, and there's nothing wrong with them wanting to play that way. It just didn't mesh well with some people's play styles. I have a bunch mm-hmm. of board games that will do that for mm-hmm. you if you yes. want. Yes. Adventure board game. This yeah. is the Chris Sneezak patented. If you don't like that kind, I, I don't like doing that anymore. Right, yeah. like. I think role-playing games are storytelling vehicles, yeah. but they're also games. Yeah. So yeah. They're both at the same time, mm-hmm. which is a really weird thing to walk, a, a weird line to walk, right? Yeah. Because, like, I want to play the game, but I want to tell the story of yeah. the, that the game is trying to present, that the game master is trying to, like, with the players get out there, right? Like, I don't often preemptively house rule games before a campaign starts, but, like, for instance, the Knights Black Agents group is settling in on Cyberpunk Red as our uh, next campaign. And I was like, cool, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested in Cyberpunk Red. But there are two things. There are two things about that game. Mm-hmm. One, it has a really cool life path system for coming up with interesting backgrounds for your character. And two, it's pretty fucking deadly. Um, <laughs> yeah, which it's just these a two things, life path right? System. Well, you know, these these two things run kind of counter to one another because the life path system generates this really interesting character background for you to mine and tell cool stories out of. But also, you can just fucking die pretty easily. In which that some people see as a feature, not a bug. <laughs> which I agree with, except that I think it's a bug. I think it's a bug. Yeah. So my feeling is that I will probably, I'm going to reread the rules in the not too distant future, but I will probably propose some sort of like, if you go down in combat, you can choose whether you want to be dead or somebody's going to drag your corpse somewhere and revive it or something. And like, I'm going to make your life a lot, I'm going to make your life a lot more complicated, but it less like, we don't have to throw away your cool life path for you to roll up another character with a cool life path that I'm also probably not going to get to mine. For some good shit. So at least, at least that, you don't die in character generation like certain space. No, I mean that's Same. but actually that doesn't even bother me because I have not invested GM time into you at that point, mm-hmm. right? Like I gotta be clear mm-hmm. before I even propose anything like this, it involves me rereading the rules because I read the rules when they first came out, mm-hmm. but it involves me rereading it one more time to really dissect can you die that quickly? Yeah. Or do you just go down quickly? I think it would be fair to say that. All four of us sitting here at this table, mm-hmm. we're not very interested in games where characters die pretty readily. Mm-mm. No, I don't like them because yeah. I like s- stories. So unless unless I want a game that's a story about people dying all the time, unless it's, the game it's, it's what I've told it's you do unless the game specifically has in it as part of its conceits DCC. Well, the funnel is you get like, four characters sure, in, sure, sure. in DCC mm-hmm. in the funnel all the way up to your third level. I don't hold any of your characters close to my heart, yeah. right? Like if, if one of them takes a wrong step and bites it, yeah. you're on your own. If we're playing paranoia, I not only am expecting you to clone die. Clones should go down. I'm yeah. going to try to help that. Yes. Well, not only that, but clones are essentially the same person. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's over, how they get around. Yeah. It, right? Or you look yeah. at something like Band of Blades. The, the, character the, the, death is a real possibility yeah. in yeah. Yeah. but you also have a whole bunch of characters yeah. Yeah. and you can spin up another one really yeah. quickly. Right. What, get, what gets me with Cyberpunk Red, and again, we'll talk about Cyberpunk Red, I think, in more depth as I get into this game, but it has this really cool, and it is not a trivial amount of pages dedicated to this life path system, which generates all this, like, amazing, juicy info for your character. 
Yep. But then couples it. So it so those rules say you should have really cool stories about mm-hmm. the personalities and histories of your character and the like all the messiness of your dramatic life paired with a combat system that's like I'm a fucking waste you like with maximum expediency and those two things for me run counter to each other mm-hmm. I don't want to like come up with this cool thing and do all these cool like scenes with you know your significant other and then one couple botched rolls into you know some Friday night firefight and you know you're street paced yeah because you you spent you spent a disproportionate amount of time doing X to flesh yeah. out the character that, that- can come to the table ready to play. Yeah. And then one hour in after spending four hours making them, they're yes. dead. And that just feels bad. We had this yeah. discussion at one of our games two a couple weeks ago that part of why <laughs> I haven't fleshed out my characters for your guys' games as much is I spent the last forty year almost forty years as a perpetual GM. So I generally expected that any game I was playing, my character wasn't going to be around for more than three or four games. Weird so, when you play one that lasts like ten to fifteen sessions, huh? Yeah, ten to, and I used to run games that ran, you know, 100, 150 sessions, but I would only play in games for a couple of sessions, so I very rarely gave much thought to my character past, well, we'll see if they even survive this, because I also played a lot of games where your characters died early on as well. So it's it's interesting to see where we're going with those. I've always been a fan of the Artal Saurian games, and they were kind of the first game to have that I played that had a real-life path. Traveler had your, what skills did you pick up in your past, but there was nothing else in that, where Mechton and Cyberpunk had the, you were in a tragic love, you were a tragic love affair, and now you're your past love is now the second hand of the, the Yakuza, main, yeah, the yeah. Yakuza, whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or, you know, you fell in love with the rival mecha pilot before you realized they were the rival mecha pilot, well, they, you know, all that kind of stuff in th- those. I like because they give you their stories, their stories. Yeah. They give you stories. So, they're, so they're, red took it one step further. They not yeah. only have the general life path. Yeah. They now have an additional add on mm-hmm. for every one of the classes. Oh, yeah. So you get like even like you get all the cool general stuff that you just said, mm-hmm. but then you also get things like your rival netrunner, like mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. And so I don't preemptively house rule games, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling like after I do a reread, I may propose something when that, that game hits the table, as mm-hmm. in uh, if you go down in a game, you'll get to decide whether you die tragically or you're just down and somebody's going to you know, find you or roll you into an alleyway or whatever. Time to pull out the, the chart of like uh, heinous injuries that you have to deal yeah, with. And, and, like and, that. and it's yeah. cyberpunk. So that kind of stuff could be perfect. Yeah. Like, like you just, you, now you've got a, now you've got a cyber arm. You wake it's, up. It's not a good, it's not a good one. It's just a cyber yeah. arm. You know, I used to, I used to have a, a, a mechanic set for that. Like if you got like killed in a game, car game earlier. Oh man, man, that's early. That's, yeah. that's during the, pre- Folks, that's during the, 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 the short, yeah. the short. If you got killed, like you didn't get killed, you took a wound, and then you could eventually recover from that wound over the course of time. But it was a negative, a negative thing against your character for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's something like that. So anyway, to go all the way back around mm-hmm. to picking games. Oh, was that where we started? Yeah. I, sorry, I forgot. It's okay, that's the beauty of these segments, right? Going all the way back around to picking games, it really, what we're really coming down to is finding something everyone's going to be excited about, right? The real, the win-win across the board that's is the when. Is when the GM is like, I really want to run this game. And the players are like, man, I really want to play this game. And now the hard part is you have multiple players, right? If the GM's excited and most of the players are excited, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Some of the players are excited. That is good. But you've always like you, you're hoping you can win those last players okay. over if they're not, you know, if they're not going to like if they're not exiting out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a genre thing. I've talked before about trying to run superhero games with a different game group. And the fact that three of the five, three of the six players, like it became obvious, they never wanted to play teenagers. 
I'd run a game that was like, okay, you're all you're all teenagers in high school, and like we're all I'm gonna make my character 18. I'm just about to graduate, and they're obviously not looking for that experience. Knowing that in session zero, and when that's happened the third time, I'm just like, yeah, we're not just gonna run this game. But that tells you a little bit about what the game is because they need to say that kind of stuff early on, and they need to, and they need to feel comfortable being able to say I do or don't want to play well, that I game. I don't know that it's not just a genre thing. Like it's a, it's it's a there's a variety of factors, right? Yeah. Like there's genre, there's rule set. Like if yeah. you if you drop Pathfinder in front of me, I'm like probably not. No thanks, I'm leaving. Yep. Goodbye. I, I don't have a PC to run the software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things. So uh, it, so I think it even to tack onto that. If your game is fairly open ended, mm-hmm. then there's a additional discussion. So we had this discussion with my group, mm-hmm. which was I had said, "Hey, I have an interest in playing Cyberpunk Red," and a number of people were like, "Oh yeah, I would totally be down with that." And then somebody asked the question, "How will it be different than Knights Black Agents?" Yeah. Now. Minus the obvious part, like no vampires, but like, how is it going to be different? I knew what they meant. Are we just going to be doing mysteries and running jobs in this game? And Cyberpunk Red is pretty wide open as what you can do to it. So the secondary discussion that we started, have not finished, is, yeah, we need to figure out what this Cyberpunk yeah. Red game is about. Like, are you guys going to be like a rocker? Like, and they give you some suggestions in the book. Like, are you going to be a band? Are you going to be uh, a news, you know, an underground news organization? It's still about fighting the man, yeah. right? That part doesn't go away. But is it going to be like, hey, we need a weapons, we need a weapons dude, a tech dude, a driver dude? Like, yeah. that's like our Knights Black a- Agents game right now. Do you want that game again? Just yeah. Sans Vampires plus Cyberware? Or do you want to do something different? Like, yeah. you guys are um, renovating a neighborhood block. Yeah. You know, yeah. like something right. like we're going to do the yeah. seven solos. I don't know if I should. Yeah, some... yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I should mention this, but there, there for Cyberpunk 2020, there is a fully licensed product that adds vampires to Cyberpunk. Oh, no. It's I, that's, no. that's 2020. <laughs> yeah. and I have it. No, I'm just I'm just. Oh, I know. It. I know. There wasn't, that wasn't that was not a bad supplement either. They did a really good right. job with it. It's the 90s. They had vampires to everything. Um, Actually, I think I think that came out either just before or just during the vampire craze. But oh. to go back to my point, when you say something like, let's play D&D. Mm-hmm. That's only the first statement. Oh, dude, I never oh, yeah. just say let's. No, play no, D&D. I know, but I'm <clears throat> saying like from there you, you need... should never say just let's play. D&D. Correct. There's a whole bunch of yeah. layers. Well, you now have, have to, to have through. the next. You have to now have the next sentence that follows it, which is one: Are we just going to play one of the pre-established settings yeah. and or campaigns? Right, because that's very mm-hmm. easy. Like mm-hmm. you know, playing Spelljammer and Strixhaven, they're very different. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are having two very different table experiences. Yes. Right? Both of them could still be a lot of fun, but in your group of players, when you say D&D and everybody perks up and then you say the next thing might be where you have to negotiate. Like yep. you might not have any problem getting everyone to play another game of D&D, but you might have to negotiate at the next level, which is what flavor mm-hmm. of D&D. And this isn't just intrinsic to D&D. This no. is Traveler. This is... The 31 flavors of D&D. Yeah, yeah but... and, and it can be the other side. Somebody tells me they want to run... Hey, I want to run Eberron. My first question is, what system are we using? Because you can run Eberron in a lot of systems. It's really just a lot of plug and play. Sure. And I've, I've run it in multiple systems myself. But even when you say Eberron, yeah. to be clear, like, are we playing Are we playing in Sharn? Mm-hmm. You know, are we gallivanting, you know, all around the continent? Are we going to Zendrix and pretty, you know, pretty yeah. much campaigning out of, like, Yeah, there's ruins. a lot of like, ways you can do you, that. And that's like, great. You which is, ask those questions. That's, <clears throat> that's the whole point, is that you want to ask those questions and communicate with your players and the yes. GM and come across with, at the end of the day, what kind of game do we want to play? So system, mm-hmm. to quote Jason Pitt, system, mm-hmm. setting, yes. situation. Yeah. Yep. Like you have, so 
once you've built consensus so at one level, yeah, yeah. So there's so many things to this this question. Right? Yeah. So like once you, and it's really funny because no one attacks it at this level. You just like sit down and be like, I don't know, you want to play a game? And then yeah. like everybody like sits around, and then you like no, leave no, going. No, no, I attack it at this level. Yes. Well, so what you do is you actually you actually take care of setting of system setting and and pretty much yeah. situation. Yeah. And then just hey, go recruit people. We're gonna it. play D and D with. It, called the Legacy of the Archmatrix is all about legacy in my homebrew setting, which will have these rules in it. Do yeah. you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> so you've answered all three. Yeah. Like you've you've your proposal comes with all three parts. Yes. The other ways you have to have like you can you can build that consensus inward, right? So you can be like, all right, cool. Let's we all agree we're gonna play Traveler. Yep. What flavor of Traveler do we want to play? Okay, now boom, we're yep. like at like we're at you know Meta Traveler. Meta right. And then what do we want to do? Boom, we're going to we're going to go around. We want to be know. free traders. Yeah, yes, there boom. You go. So or mm -hmm. as Jerry did it, Jerry was like, let's play Ebron. That's setting. Mm -hmm. And then went up the chain cool. to let's be use, like, what's your second system? edition? Yeah. 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 Let's use third edition. Let's use yeah. Savage yeah. Worlds. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. where do you, you know, yeah. Iron Claw. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we, I'll back convert it into I'll convert the whole thing for you into Cortex. Yeah, sure. Totally works. Cortex right? would be very easy to do it. Oh, to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, no. Before we I, I, I read, diverge again, I, I read yes. Eberron using the Iron Claw rules. That's why I said that. We did yeah. have to. We did. A, we had a lot of now, <laughs> now o other games mm -hmm. strip that out. Like when we talked about playing PBTA PBTA games, mm -hmm. like when I say cartel, mm -hmm. like we've narrowed. Like there isn't much wiggle room we're going to have in our. Like if if you accept cartel, mm -hmm. there's a whole the situation bunch of has already that, been and set. And then I will say I will see you all in twelve and six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which Chris actually, and I will be playing a different game at that point. So this brings up so this brings up the last part of this, which is sometimes as a GM, you're not going to be able to build consensus around a game that you want to run, and you are going to have to go the route that Chris did. At some point, I will run Cartel, mm -hmm. and it'll have to be in a group where I am not playing with Chris or Bob. Like Chris doesn't like playing bad guys. Bob's not interested. Interested. And that's there are okay. other there are other people who are interested. Yeah. Sure, me too, right? I love, um, it's a, you know... It's Mexican a, crime drama? Sure, why not? Yes. Narco fiction, yeah. yeah. I'm down for it. Organized crime dramas. Are yeah, narco, narco's probably the... Well, cartel narco is, fiction is yeah. actually Cur what it's called. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how they label themselves. It's yeah. narco fiction. But for instance, in our Sunday game group, this the Sunday game, our Ox group. Right? Which is the four of us. Yes. I'll yeah. never pitch that game. Yeah. Yeah. I won't pitch that game to you guys because I, one, will lose... Um, I'll lose half, <laughs> yeah, one of the half players. Half yeah. the group. It'll just be Jerry and I play narco yeah. fiction. And I'm reticent to, I, in fact, I didn't even pitch it to the Knights Black Agents group because while I could probably hold most of the table, I actually like playing with Bob. Not ready mm -hmm. to lose Bob from a game. So I'd actually just prefer not to play it. And, and that's a choice that as a GM, yeah. you may have to make. You may be like, do I really want to lose this particular person from the table? Or, you know, am I going to, you know, be better off? having a better table experience with, with a group that's going to enjoy the game and not have someone there that might, you know, like, could, you know, if you, if you have someone who's not 100% on board, mm -hmm. then you, depending on where that percentage lies, sometimes it's just a matter of inertia. Mm -hmm. If you get someone that's like, I'm just kind of indifferent to it, but I'll play. Then you just have to get them into the situation mm -hmm. and, and eventually they may get excited about the whole process. It's possible. I mean, here's the thing. I'm old. Right, you're old. Yeah, you're not that young either. You, you're kind of youngish. What are you? Younger. Snapper. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but the point is, like, look, you can play the long game on these things. Just because you just got a game 
does not mean you have to just run a game. Nope. Like, I have Cartel. I'll run Cartel eventually. Yep. When the time's right. There might be a situation that comes up where Bob isn't playing or does something like else, and then I might be like, oh, interesting, this might be the place where I introduce him. Well, Bob is older than Dirty Mike died at some point. I'm not really I mean, at some point I will die, but, you know, hopefully not for a long, long time. I'm pretty bonded bonded to Bob. Like, Bob, I've racked more years with Bob than I have with any one of my wives. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and actually, I, I actually combined, there, yeah. Bob's outlasted yeah. all of my yeah. wives. Like, you know, like Bob and I are going to be, we're butch and Sundancing yeah. like this, this thing. It's going to fade to yeah. black when we hear gunshots. So, yeah. but the point is. I always wanted to take it to Oblivion Army. I say, by the way, I used to, I used to, before they both came out, I used to confuse the name. I just, I would, we talk about them, confuse Cartel and Passion de Passiones, which are very different PBTA yes, games. Yes, those are two very different games. They're very different until you really and if yeah. you turn down the realism on Cartel, it starts to drift it into does. It yeah. drifts into there's a, re- there's a reason why yeah. when people were talking about them, I would confuse yeah. the two. There's and, a, I, and I enjoy both of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. So the point being is yeah. you don't, like, there are sometimes you get a game and you're like, oh my god, I will die if I do not get this game to the table. Mm-hmm. I generally don't have that feeling. There are games that I have on a short list that I very much want to play. When the time presents, when the time comes, I will take them out. Twilight 2000, Cartel. You have a few more. But for the most part, and this is me, but this goes back to one of our previous episodes about why you GM. I GM because I like creating experience for the people at the table. So I'm not interested at this point. Like, I like both groups that we have. I like the dynamics of both groups. But I don't <clears> particularly <throat> want to fuck with them. So yeah. I, my, I prioritize keeping the Sunday group in its consistency right now. And just finding a game we'll all agree on because I like mini games. Yeah. And I'll be able to find one that I will equally be interested in. So I try not to hold those um, to where I think I'm going to explode. Yeah. Like, right. I can only play this or I'm going to die. Let's, uh, let's wrap, wrap it up. Let's wrap this up. So let's go back. So sure, sure. It's what did you say? It was setting. Oh, this is system. System, setting, situation. situation. Okay. So you need those three things. Mm-hmm. And then there are many methodologies with, with, with which you can use to mm. get there. Yep. yep. So you can just come with it yourself like I would. You can ask all your players to vote. But now, now, now that we didn't talk about it before, there's another step to it. There's actually two more steps to it. Setting, system, situation. Right? Yeah, and like, you can decide how much of that you want to put out at once or true. how much you want to, like, mm-hmm. hey, we all got to D&D. Let's now start the debate again about which flavor of D&D. Yeah. Well, the, the, the original question was about they want to play a cyberpunk type game. Cool. So we have we have a kind setting. of setting. Right? setting. We have a setting. setting. But not now, situation. Now we need system. situation and system. Mm-hmm. So now, now you have to get to... What is your situation that you want to play in, or what is the system that you want to yep. play in, and who gets to decide that? Yep. Yeah, and, and, and our and our discussion on this was also that if you have your setting and you don't know what your system is, maybe talk about the situation because the situations that you descri- describe that can influence, may, that can influence yeah. both of yep. those. Because there's a big difference yeah. between Shadowrun and Cyberpunk, and there and so one somebody is good. wants one is <laughs> stop it. I was being nice, Phil. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. One is good, Shadowrun. Oh, there. I said it. It's fine. You can, I will you flip can this be wrong. table over, You can man. be wrong. wrong. You can be yes. wrong. Yeah. You can be wrong from time to time. You're allowed to be wrong. To quote Chris Sneezak to Chris Sneezak. You could be wrong. Did you just Sneezak Sneezak? I did. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, if you, if you come at a game and talk about that, that may help everybody <laughs> discuss what they're looking at. Because yeah. if you don't know what your system is, but you start talking about what you want to do in the game, um, either mechanically or just situations the players want to get into, that can help to determine um, what kinds of systems will help 
the get players the players get there, yeah. and then you can narrow down your systems because you might narrow it down to three or four but, systems and then say, "Well, I don't want this." You I could attack. You could attack it anyway. Yeah. Like you come at it whatever angle that you want. One last. One you last, know. You know the three angles of the triangle now. Yeah. 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 One last tip. When in doubt, use the McDonald's technique. So when people are like, "Oh, I don't care. I'll play anything," be like, "Cool," and then pick the most outrageous, ridiculous game because eventually somebody will object. This is how I used to get people to agree to go to lunch. They're like, oh, where do you want to go lunch? Oh, I don't care. Cool, let's go to McDonald's. Oh, I don't want to go to McDonald's. Now we're well, talking. Well, now we're starting to narrow it down. Now let's yeah. get to work. All right. Just make sure that whatever game you toss out there, you will actually run. Nah, you can bluff. Because you may have those players who's like, yeah. If you got a real finicky group, yeah. just keep Fatal in your back pocket. Just, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, now get we'll us just out play of Fatal. Get no! Out of Chris, get us out of here. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>